Thank you for joining me on Drawing Near for the July 5th edition of Sunday's Thoughts. I received a question this past week. Why is it necessary for me to go to church? Do I have to go to church if I'm a Christian? That's a very good question. So we'll examine some thoughts on that question in a moment. But before we do, let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Father, we thank you for today, this Sunday. I thank you for the opportunity to go and gather with brothers and sisters in Christ, to worship, to sing, to pray, to study your word, to fellowship with one another, and to do all of this in your presence, in fellowship with you. I pray, Father, that you will help us today to honor you with our worship, privately, collectively. And I ask also, Father, that your Holy Spirit would work in our lives to help us enjoy and benefit from all of those things that you have designed the community of believers to do. Open our eyes and ears to the truth of your word, as always. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So does a Christian need to go to church? Or is that just some kind of convention designed to control and manipulate believers, to fund a spiritual or at least a social organization, to pay for pastors' salaries? What's this deal with church? Well, I think we need a biblical, historical understanding that God designed his people to be in community with one another. When God chose a people, even in Abraham as an individual, it was his intention to turn Abraham into a community, into a nation, a chosen nation, but not just a chosen nation in a civil way or in a political way, but rather a chosen people who would be together, benefit one another, strengthen one another as a community before him. God hasn't designed the faith community to be millions of individuals out functioning independently in the world. He created it with the intention that we would be together, one body, not just one because we have one source and one spirit and one faith, but the oneness of together. If we look at the life of Jesus, When he began his ministry, he began to call men to follow him, to be his disciples. Now, he didn't take time every single week and sit down with 12 different individuals around a coffee table, have a little bit of coffee, have a a sandwich, and then talk to them about the things of God. Rather, what he did was he said, follow me, and they went with him. They traveled with him. They ate with him. They ministered alongside of him. They received instruction from him. They were together. When Jesus dies on the cross, in the midst of all of that turmoil, what do we see? We see the disciples of Christ huddled together in a home, awaiting whatever was going to be the fallout from the crucifixion of Jesus. After Jesus resurrects from the dead, He appears to communities. He appears to gatherings of people. 
his disciples, a handful of followers. But we're told in 1 Corinthians 15 that he appeared to over 500 at one time. When he ascends into heaven, we see the disciples of Jesus, 120 of them, gathered together in an upper room. They were a community. Acts chapter 2 gives us a picture of a community of believers caring for one another, eating together, sharing the Lord's Supper together, being under the discipleship of the apostles together. Even when we see the church scattered under persecution in Jerusalem, as they share the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever they went, as they preached, God established, in a natural way, communities of believers. Persecution makes it necessary for believers to find one another and to support one another. We are safer in the herd, so to speak. But we have needs, and as we've already seen in chapter 4, we have gifts that make coming together as a body of believers essential. We have scripture. Jesus says, upon this rock, I will build my church, my called out ones. He's going to build the church. And you could say, well, Reggie, he can do that. And I don't have to go to a community. I don't have to go to a, a building every Sunday or every Wednesday or five times a week or once a month. I don't have to do that to be saved. Well, this is not a discussion on what you need to do to be saved. This is a discussion on whether or not you need to attend a church, whether you need to be a part of a local community of believers. Jesus says he's going to build the church. We're told in Hebrews to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as is the custom of some. So even back in the New Testament days, there were those who are neglecting coming together with the body of Christ. That's not a new thing. We're told in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're also told in Ephesians 4 and in other places, that we have received spiritual gifts for the mutual edification of the body of Christ. And since I don't possess all of the gifts, I need other people with those gifts to be in my life, to work in my life. The Old Testament tells us that we need to grow together in a relationship because iron sharpens iron. We make one another stronger. There are other verses that tell us we need to weep with one another. We need to rejoice with one another. We need to bear one another's burdens. We need to encourage one another to love and good works. We need to be together to collectively care for the widows and the fatherless. We need to help one another, minister to one another, pray for one another. There's pictures in the scriptures of believers singing together and gathering together to hear God's word, to testify, to fellowship. It is the clear teaching in the scriptures that we as individual believers need to be a part of the community of God, the body of Christ, not just in the spiritual sense but in the material, physical sense, we need to be together. That doesn't mean you have to go to a church that runs 3,000 or 30. It doesn't mean you have to go to a, a facility owned corporately by all of the believers. You can be in a home. You can gather together in small numbers. Where two or three are gathered in my name, the Lord says, there I am also. 
But there needs to be the benefit of all of these things in our gathering together. How many does it take to sing together, to pray together, to proclaim and hear God's word together? How many does it take to financially or emotionally support the body of Christ? Those are questions that you need to deal with, that you need to ask and answer. There may come a time in America when we are forced to sell our church properties and gather in small home churches. We don't have to do that now. There are those who choose to do that. The one caution or concern I have regarding that is, why are you not a part of an established body of believers? Is it in rebellion? Are you wanting to do your own thing and you don't want anyone to tell you what to do? The Bible says that we are to submit to our elders, that we are to obey them and listen to them. There are individuals called to serve the body of Christ. Are you a part of a group that has one or more of those individuals? Are you wanting to just run your own show? You think you can improve upon the way church is done? We don't need to continue to fragment and splinter the universal body of Christ. We've done enough of that already. With all of the denominations and with all of the independent individual churches within those denominations, with all the bickering and the backbiting and the attitude of competition, we've done enough to fragment this one body of believers. We need to make sure that what we're doing is under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, under the guidelines of the Holy Scriptures for the glory of God, and not just for our own selfish ambition or for our own comfort. I hear people all the time say, I just don't like large crowds. Get over it. Don't go to a super large crowd. There are inconveniences involved in going to church and being a part of the church. There are inconveniences to all the necessities of our lives. Many people don't like going to work for 40 years. Many people who go to work don't like listening to bosses or dealing with all of the people that they have to work with. There are a lot of things we don't like. So many of those things are a natural, essential part of our lives if we are going to be healthy and whole. There are many excuses to avoid the body of believers in a material, physical, corporate sense. And yes, there are some gatherings of people that are more biblical than others, that are better than others in some people's viewpoints, where the music is more tailored to you, you gel with the pastoral leadership a little easier. The makeup of your church suits you better. I think you need to come to peace if you have these issues, this question about whether it's necessary. You need to come to peace with the fact that community gatherings around God's Word for the purpose of growth and service to Christ are biblical. And then you need to understand what kind of church you're to be a part of, and become a part of that congregation, and begin growing and helping others to grow. Not just as a once-a-week attender, just to cover the bases, but an integral part of the body. Do hypocrites go to the church? Yes. Are there cliques within the church? Probably. But your going to the church is going to make it better, I hope. It is also going to put a little stress on the church 
you're a human being. Wherever human beings gather, we take all of our positives and negatives with us. And we have some of both. Father in heaven, help us to serve you and not ourselves. Thank you for the church. I'm sorry the church doesn't represent the unity that you desire it to, the oneness that you desire it to, as well as it could. I'm sorry for all of the division, competition, jealousy, envy. But Father, I pray that you would continue to grow and use your church through Jesus Christ and your spirit, and that you would give us understanding and peace with regards to attending church, being a part of the body, faithfully, regularly, deliberately. And as churches gather today, and some by the time we listen to this will have already gathered, I pray that you will be honored and glorified through the singing, praying, preaching and teaching, fellowshipping around your word. Thank you for what you desire in us and what you've designed for us, through your wisdom, your knowledge, your goodness, your purposes. Build your church, glorify yourself, establish us in Christ. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.